Hi everyone, I'm Allie Stone and this is Discovering Hospitality. Now for most of my life, I've worked in the hospitality industry and even more specifically in restaurants. And in the past 15 years of my life, I've been a partner with the Original Joe's Franchise Group here in good old Edmonton, Alberta. And this has been such an incredible experience for me. Honestly, it's been a lifetime worth of learning and living that could have never been taught by any educational institution. And truthfully, it's provided me with the opportunities that I continue to deepen in my career as, as a leader and a coach and an entrepreneur. So if you're listening in and you're in the industry, you know that we have an incredible culture of people, stories, and experiences that don't often get shared with the world. And it's my hope that through this podcast, we can peel back some of the veil of our industry. We can peel back some of the layers of that onion, so to speak, so that the people we love that aren't necessarily a part of this industry can start to learn and see why we all love it so much. Now, this industry is all about people. It's about connection and it's about love. And if you don't love the word love, that's totally okay. Maybe interject the word care, but it truly is about connecting. Now, we have a saying in our organization, and it's that People make the world beautiful. And I've been so lucky to be a part of that for so many years. And now I have this incredible opportunity to share some of the amazing stories of our industry with the world, with all of you, our listeners. It's my hope that these stories will warm your heart. Uh, They might make you laugh. And they might even be stories that make you cringe or think a little or change the way you see things. It's my mission to help all of you see how incredible hospitality people are and how committed they are to taking care of each other and other people. So without any further delay, let's dive into this week's podcast. Welcome everybody back to another week of Discovering Hospitality. I'm your host, Allie Stone, and as always, I'm excited to be here. This podcast adventure has been incredible. I'm on the road to 100 here, (laughs) which is pretty wild when you think about things. And I have another fantastic guest today. And you know what? Um, This woman, I love her, and I don't get to spend as much time with her as I'd like, and I'm super interested to hear her story. So I think this is going to be a really fun podcast today. So I'd like to welcome... Edie Couture to the podcast. Hi, Edie. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for uh, taking the brave step and coming to hang out with me today. I super appreciate it. (laughs) You're welcome. I know this is taking a lot of bravery. (laughs) It does. It does for most. The very first podcast I did, I actually thought I was going to throw up all over the place. So I always say all of you do way better than I did on my first go. like so nervous I could barely even talk so you know it and so as you can see now I'm pretty comfortable so with with getting getting exposure it gets better for sure and that's what courage is right so exactly exactly we'll honor the courage today (laughs) yeah 
Um, I always like to kick these off with just kind of starting off talking a little bit about yourself. So uh, I'd get you to introduce yourself, um, maybe a little bit about you, how we know each other, how you ended up on the podcast, and then we'll kind of roll from there. How does that sound? Sounds good. That sounds good. So I'm Edie, and um, we know each other through, of course, um, Original Joe's, which is, um, I think I've worked for this, I think I've worked for like three years maybe four coming up. So, and as you said, we don't get to spend a lot of time together. Like we see each other here and there. I think last time we saw each other was at Christmas time. Um, This is um, an amazing company to work for. um, And I can't wait to spend more years, like coming up, working more years for you guys. Oh, that's so sweet of you. Thank you. (laughs) So kind of you to I don't know. I mean, besides that, I mean, I've been been in the industry probably about 25 years, I guess, off and on. Um, I took a little hiatus out of uh, serving because I think I needed to have a change. So um, but I came back. (laughs) So I missed it. I missed the people. Um, I missed um, the uh, interaction you get to have on a daily basis with different different people and then the people you work with on top of it. What did you do when you decided to make a shift? What, what did you go and do when you made a change? So Squamish is where I originally worked um, as a server. And then I decided to change my uh, role and go into banking. It was boring. I could not handle it. It was just not for me. Holy smokes. I'm like, if I could serve a shooter or an appetizer while those people are coming up, they would be much happier. <laughs> yeah. People are, have a different frame of mind when they're in the bank, right? So mm-hmm. uh, that didn't work for me. And then um, I also tried, um, I worked at Open Door, it was called. So helping people find jobs and doing resumes and stuff like that. And again, not for me. Um, it wasn't exciting. Um, I mean, it was nice to help people and ni- nice to meet all the people around that area. But um it just wasn't fulfilling to me. Um, I didn't get up in the morning and go, woohoo, I'm going to work today. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but I, I enjoyed the people I worked with. They were a great bunch of people. So that was always a, a bonus. So, yeah. What do you think that brings you back to hospitality? What, what kind of uh, brought that full circle for you? Well, I mean, I think it's a combination of things. Um, One, it's definitely a way to meet new people. I love people. Um, I mean, I like to make people happy. Uh, I love good food. (laughs) I'm a huge foodie. (laughs) And um, I think it's a combination of all those things. Like, um, it's also social. I mean, it's social, right? And I, and I like to be, I'm a very social person. And um, I think that's probably why it draws me back. And it doesn't get boring. Like, like you're constantly moving. It's, uh, you're, you don't sit down, you just keep going. So I think for me, that's a huge thing. Um, I worked at a company not that long ago, well, probably just before I started working for OJ's. Um, and, and I also worked at actually the um, um, Holiday Inn as well. And it was just 
too much for me to sit down. Like uh, the, mm-hmm. the, like taking orders, I was at the order desk and it was just sit, 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 sit. And people came in once in a while and, you know, that was nice, but um, just the, the whole dynamic of the company was totally different, you know? So um, I find I have to be moving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually don't think human beings are really meant to sit. You know, I don't think that that's like our true nature. I like the last couple of years have been really tough for me with COVID and not being in restaurants as much. And now like starting to transition into a new career, which is a lot of desk work, which is something I never thought I would said I would do. Um, but the flip side of that career is I'm going to get to be with lots of people. So, I mean, I'm okay with it, but there's lots of days where my back is super sore and I'm like, what the hell? Like I never had these problems. I know. Right. And most people are like serving is so hard on your body. And so that's a really interesting thing. It, It is. Yeah. And I, and I think it's really important because, um, it, whether you're serving or sitting, it does different stressors to your body. So, um, I mean, I should practice what I preach, but I don't, um, yoga, like the key to everything. (laughs) I think it's the the key to a healthy body and mind for sure. And, um, I've always loved fitness. Um, I've always been um, interested. I've fallen off the wagon a couple of times, you know, where I've not, but I mean, for me, fitness is a huge, a huge importance to my mind um, for mental health. So, mm-hmm. Agreed. I wasn't raised in like a physically fit family. So it wasn't something that was modeled for me. So it actually took me like a while into my life to kind of figure it out. And I obviously have a very physically fit husband. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but I almost felt a little shame around that because he was so fit. And I was like, ah, oh, screw it. Like, <laughs> whatever. Um, but now I'm, I'm like, there's no way, right. There's no way it's so incredibly important. And I've given up this, um, I'm going to talk to you about this and see what you think, but I've given up this idea of trying to have this like perfect body and, um, you know, weigh this perfect weight. Now I just try to feel good every day. And I find like I really like exercise when I take that perspective, uh, on it. What's been your experience with that? Yes, 100%. Like I was um, like, as a younger person, I had struggled with um, an eating disorder. I never really realized that till I was older, but um, I literally didn't want to weigh over a hundred pounds. So um, do sit-ups every night, hundred sit-ups. I would, you know, try and be um, slim, um, watch what I eat. Um, and at that time, when you're, when you're young, you don't really think of, you know, you're, I don't, I didn't think of only salads, you know, I just thought, okay, one burger, <laughs> one candy bar, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, I struggle with that. And now as I'm older, I have totally the same concept as you, as long as I'm feeling good in my body and I'm feeling good in my brain, then I'm not going to struggle to attain that perfect, um, body, which, you know, society would say perfect is right. Um, but it's hard for us though, because we see it everywhere. We see it in commercials. We see it, you know, in the magazine. So as a kid, unless you have someone telling you that that is not normal or healthy, 
then how do you know? Right. And mm-hmm. I've been a family that did exercise either. Like, um, I grew up in a family that, um, you know, we go outside and play, but, um, by any means, my parents weren't like out playing baseball or riding bikes or anything like that. So I, I truly didn't know where I got the bug from because, um, I was adopted. So my, in my mind, I'm like, Hmm, why do I like to exercise? Why do I like to farm? Why do I like to do all these things? So it was funny. I met my biological father. I kind of could see where I could get some traits from. (laughs) Oh, that is so cool. Okay. I didn't know you were adopted. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. How old were you when you were adopted? I was six months old and I, my, my parents, I, oh, it will make me cry. Um, they're amazing, amazing, amazing. Love them. Uh, my dad passed away in 2007 mm-hmm. and they adopted four, four of us. So oh my God. we're not all related, but um, they adopted two boys. Um, so my brothers are literally like 15 years older than we are, <laughs> like 12 to 14 years older than we are. And then um, they adopted two girls. Um, they adopted me third. Um, and then my sister, Amy, they adopted her. So um, I just can't even imagine, like, as a child, you don't see, you know, what type or how, th- how important it is your family is, you know, because, yes. wow, for my mom and dad to adopt four children, um, they, my mom couldn't have kids and to love them all equally and the same. And oh, I just. I hope, I wish everyone could like, oh, it makes me want to cry. <laughs> I just wish everyone were angels. <laughs> what was that? Your parents are angels. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, wow. ah, that's so amazing. Cause you hear of all these horrible stories about, you know, adoptions and, you know, and then you know that there are truly good people out there. And I mean, I would never call my parents adoptive parents because they were truly my parents. Like they raised me and um, they took care of all of us. And they all, treat. you know, my mom and dad were really good about treating everyone. If you get something, everyone else gets something. You know what I mean? So they were always really yeah. good. Always, yeah. So yeah, it was a, you know, I wish I appreciated that more as a younger person. Of course, now I'm, now you see hindsight's 2020. <laughs> mom still around? Yeah, she's still with us. My uh, two brothers and sister, um, they live in Colorado, with, of course. That's where I'm from originally. Um, and it was decided that she needed to go into a home because she just couldn't. Uh, she needs 24-7 care, so... Um, yeah, she just got moved in and she's gone through COVID. She's gone through, oh, that my, she's so strong. (laughs) Yeah, It's a lot for a senior to go through, right? That's so hard. Yeah. I just, Um, I've thought about that a lot and my grandparents were gone by the time COVID came around and I can't, like, I can't even imagine what it would have been like for them. It would have been horrible. It's horrible. It's so isolating and like uh, my heart breaks. Like I, I did not want my mom to go into that home at all, but I understand like she needs to have somebody taking care of her. She doesn't want to be there. Of course. Um, uh, she does forget a lot. Um, so she can't really like once in a while she'll be like, okay, I'm going to be going home, you know, or, but, uh, 
sometimes it's better to be like that. I think when you're not wanting to be somewhere, you know, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, but she is still with us and, um, she has her own phone so I can call her and harass her all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So were you born in the United States? You're born in Colorado. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So did you live in Colorado? Did you grow up there? Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's a beautiful place to grow up. It's beautiful. Oh my God. It's, um, it's, I mean, similar to, I think Alberta, like I always think like you think Calgary and Denver similar, uh, Mm -hmm. um, I skied a lot when I was a kid. Um, and then, um, I met my ex-husband down there. So that's what, how I came up here. <laughs> oh, okay. I was about to ask that question. How did you end up in Canada? <laughs> yes. Right. Up here with us and in white court of all places. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. my, I met my ex-husband down there and it, believe me, it was a wild story. So I won't go into that. It's <laughs> our podcast. <laughs> 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 Anyways, but yeah, so anyway, we were married 17 years. We had two kids, like we got married down there. And then um, we moved back up here probably about two to three years later. And then we moved to the coast. That's where he's from. Um, that's how I lived in Squamish for so many years. Um, uh, first lived in Pemberton and then kind of Lillooet and then Squamish. And then uh, we raised the kids in Squamish. So um, very cool. That place is, I love it. I, I miss it. I have so many great friends there and that's where I started serving. And believe me, I was so shy. I, I was terrified. Like I didn't even want to stand in front of a table to talk to anyone. I was like, uh, what do I do? <laughs> what do you mean? I have to tell specials. What are you saying? <laughs> I know so, it's actually petrifying the very first day you start serving. Hey, like, I think we can all remember that feeling. It's yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> and so it basically opened me up. Like I came out of my shell because I was so quiet and so shy prior. Um, like I didn't speak until unless spoken to and you know why I was like that I have no idea my mom and dad were not I'm like I always would think why was I like that my mom and dad weren't like that I mean we had to behave mind you we got in trouble if we didn't (laughs) but you know (laughs) so but um it was true like living there was really great I mean there's so many outdoor activities and and then moving here I did I basically moved here for work um like I I kind of did a camp stint for a while. Oh, okay. One year, I will never do that again. I'll chalk that up as experience. Um, <laughs> or that. But I mean, I can't say I, you know, whatever. It, it was, it was fine. It's just not my kind of, not my kind of job to be up in camp like that. But, um, but yeah. So I've definitely done a, I guess, more than I think I've done. Maybe if I think, <laughs> of- yeah, there's a lot coming out of you here. <laughs> that time because <laughs> I, I ended up in Fort Nelson too and I and I did serve up there as well okay um, cool yeah. would you go back to Squamish no I wouldn't um I no. mean I would if it was like it used to be <laughs> it's right. changed so much like wow if I would have kept my place there hindsight's 2020 wow, that would have been worth a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So many people moved 
to those places, right? Around the coast for sure. It's beautiful there too, right? So I mean, everybody wants to live there for sure. It's a great place to visit now. I mean, I was just talking to my girlfriend from there, but I, um, I absolutely love her and we haven't, it's funny because I have so many friends like down in the States where I grew up, I'm still, but I have my best friends down there. Um, we like to get together every time I visit. Um, I have my core group friends in Squamish and I have girls that I met in Fort Nelson that I absolutely love, but they were like, um, one of them went back to New Zealand. Um, the other girl moved back to, um, she lives on the East coast somewhere, but it's so nice. The one thing I do love about Facebook is that you can keep in contact with all these people, you know, it's so great. Like social media has such a dark side, but it has such a great side if you use it in the right way. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's one thing I think I love the most about me traveling to different places. Like I've not, I'm not really a traveler, but wants to, I mean, I've been to Mexico twice, but really there's so much to see between the U S and Canada that I wouldn't have to go anywhere besides visiting places around here. My bucket list is the grand Canyon. (laughs) Oh yeah. Me too. Me too. I was there when I was really not really young, but like early, you know, before 10 or something, I feel like, and, um, I have a very weak memory of it and I'm like, Oh man, I feel like it was insane. (laughs) It would be so cool to go and go hiking. And yeah, I get to do all of that. That would be amazing. My girlfriend, Sarah, her mother is when she hiked down the grand Canyon, she was, I think in her sixties. I'm like, I am your mother. I'm going, I don't care what, how old I am. And I, (laughs) Uh, and a couple of the other girls, um, Brit- Brittany, and I'm like, we should plan a trip. This should be a trip yeah. that we have on. It would be so much fun. Yeah. You can come too. That. Okay. <laughs> I will. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Um, my, my like health bucket list goal is to hike Machu Picchu when I'm 80. I'm like, I want to stay healthy enough that I can hike Mount Machu Picchu when I'm 80 and go to Peru. So that is my drive for fitness. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's fitness bucket. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, totally. Which makes it so much more fun. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. um, what do you, so let me ask you this just about hospitality. Cause you've been kind of in and out and t- like, even some of these other jobs you're talking about, they still require a certain level of hospitality to be successful in them. And so what do you think it takes to be successful in this industry? Like, what do you think people need? Like if somebody's listening today, that's maybe thinking I might want to get into the industry one day, I don't know, I'm petrified. What would you say are like some of the great traits or qualities that people have that are in this industry that make them successful? I would think, um, open mind, like have an open mind, open heart, um, I don't know, like it gives me such, I don't know either how to say this, but it makes me almost like have a high to make people, you know, like um, to see a smile on their face, to to make them happy makes me feel better. Um, I think you have to be flexible as well um, and navigate through, you know, 
the good and the bad. Cause I mean, let's face it. Sometimes you get difficult customers and what do you, what do you do? I mean, I even freeze sometimes. I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> like if I, freeze, yeah. it's a good thing. Like I need to just head right into the storm and deal with it and, and do the best I can. And I find that like when you're dealing with upset customers or anything like that, um, best thing is what can I do for you tell me what's going to make this better yeah. and normally you can diffuse the the situation I did have run into customers that that doesn't work with <laughs> and you just yeah. kind of have to let it go <laughs> sometimes there's such an external circumstance with people too like the restaurant is I find can often be the trigger for somebody's really bad day, right? And so I think that is actually what scares people from getting into this industry sometimes too, because that is kind of the dark side of it, right? I mean, one of them that yes. can be really, really challenging and can leave you feeling very, I don't know, a lack of confidence. Would that be a good way to describe it? It makes you really feel challenged. <laughs> yeah. And then you go home and you really question what happened that day. And a lot of times, Yes, we made a mistake in the restaurant, but like, was it that dire that it turned into that kind of situation? Probably not. Um, but there was something going on with that person that like totally triggered a crazy response, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that that has happened in society? Mm. The stressors, like life gets so uh we have no control over um i think well we have things right we don't have control over the weather the weather has a huge impact on people's um like their how they feel uh, how they feel during you know like if there's not enough sunshine um that bills and then covid like i mean that really rocked everyone like there i don't if there is one person untouched by that it would be impossible because yeah. um, that hit everyone. So um, I think it's just the unknown and the things that um, that we can't control that make people spiral into yeah. unhappiness or anger or frustration, right? Or, you know, whatever the case may be for them. Yeah. I just think it's super sad that, and I know it's not everybody, but that it gets taken out in the on the service or customer service profession. Like people feel like that's a, and then again, I know it's not everybody and probably a yeah. lot of people listen are like, I would never do that. Cause that's probably not who we're really attracting on the podcast, but it super sucks when it happens, you know? And you're like, oh, I just wish I could help you with this. <laughs> this problem you clearly have, you know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I said, it really attacks your confidence and you, like your feeling of self-worth that day. And that I think is the worst part of an experience like that, right? It is. It, may, it makes, well, for me in general, like I feel like I failed, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, I just failed making that person happy. I just failed, you know, having that customer leave with a smile on his face or feeling, feeling at least satisfied with the, the resolution that we came up with. Um, but um, for that, I mean, it takes um, a little bit of like hard, not hardness, but you know, hey, 
I did everything I could. I have to self, I have to talk to myself and say, you know what, you did what you could do. Don't dwell on this. Cause I'm a dweller <laughs> and I, and I will sleep and I'll wake up and I'll, I'll be thinking about it, you know, um, because it bugs me so much. But then I, you know, after all the years I've spent in general, just living, I think I've learned that you can't take everything on. And, um, it's still a challenge for me to push it away. Um, because, um, all these books that, well, the last book that I was in the book club with, <laughs> um, taught me, um, that some of the things I've been doing were exactly in the textbook, like for that, the book that we were reading, I was like, oh my God, that is me. <laughs> like, oh no. Um, but, um, I think it's just time and learning that you're not always to blame for everything, you know, like it's not your fault or you're not, not, you weren't the, probably the root cause of that and that that person has other things that they're dealing with. So. Yeah, absolutely. You're touching, yeah, you're touching on a really important point there. I, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like self-compassion. I think that's what I want to say. It's like being compassionate towards yourself because sometimes this is just completely out of your control, right? We can try the best we can. We can put our best foot forward, <clears throat> but sometimes at the end of the day, that that's the max effort, <laughs> right? If somebody's not going to reciprocate on the other end of the line, what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think one of the interesting things you said, um, when I was, you know, when I said, what does it take to be successful? was uh flexible and i've thought about this a lot since covid so i always knew we were very flexible as hospitality people but i actually tend to think that we we like our industry was one of the most affected industries by covid for sure and i tend to think that the people who worked in this in, work in this industry and stuck with it um were able to do so because of their constant practice of being flexible. Yes, I think so too, because what we came, what you came up with, what the industry came up with specifically for us um, was, okay, you know, now we're going to switch gears here. Now this is what we're going to do. We're going to have takeout. We're going to take it to the door. We're going to have them, you know, whatever the rules were at that time, we, we complied, but we still had our door open. Mm -hmm. um, we could, right. So yeah. it was a lot of uh, shoe changing there. <laughs> That's a good, good term for it. Holy crap. It was, and I remember you know, like on my end, uh, like Tim and I talking and having to make some of these decisions and just being, feeling so stressed out with the amount of rapid change that we just had to keep implementing, talking about working the team. Like it was a lot, a lot, a lot for people. I, and you guys did an amazing job. And plus you took care of us, like, which was I can't even say enough about how amazing that was. It's like, I, for you, you know, do all, do everything you did and keep control over more than just yourselves. And then plus us was like amazing. <laughs> I was like, I was blown away. I was like, oh my God, I love you guys. 
Oh, I'm so, well, I'm so glad it was meaningful for you. It's the thing of it for me was like my only, my, my, actually my only thought was you guys, it was like, how do we take care of the people that work for us right now? Because at the end of the day, I'm pro I'm probably going to be okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm a partner in these restaurants and like, I've, I've been blessed. And, um, now we have 350 team members who are going to be without a job. And what do we do about that? Or how do we try to at least create jobs for half of them or take yeah. care of them or feed them or like we, there has to be ways. Right. And so, yeah, that was the thought process. It was, it was not, I mean, like, obviously we wanted to try and keep businesses open if we could, well, because that brought money in so that we could continue to take care of you guys. But the main concern was taking care of our team, which is amazing. And I mean, I don't know a lot of companies. In fact, I know no other companies offhand, of course, that do stuff like that. And it's, I mean, when I first walked into original Joe's, um, I, I, a picture pops up on my phone sometimes, and this is before I even thought of coming in, uh, to drop a resume off. And, um, it was me and my two daughters and, um, uh, Kaylee was visiting. That's my youngest daughter. And we were sitting at table 27 and we all had drinks in our hand. We were cheering. And I was like, Oh my God, this is me pre working at original Joe's. <laughs> it's like, little did I know about two or three years later. <laughs> that That's I'd be really cool. I love the that. Minute, the minute I walked in, I really loved, loved the atmosphere. So, um, I knew that, like when I did decide to apply, I was like, you know, I already know I like um, the feeling when I walk in. So um, it, it was funny when I when I first gave my resume, um, it was Christina that did my interview. And um, I just remember thinking, oh, my God, I'm so scared. And it's like, why am I so scared? I'm like, I've done this before. <laughs> why am I terrified? But I was terrified. I was like, and then you know, you have many layers of your company. Like it's not just walk in the door and give good customer service. You need to know a lot of stuff, you know? So yeah. it, it was a lot. It was like, Oh, uh, <laughs> can't just have that it, smile face. You need to know some no. stuff. <laughs> and I think that is intimidating about original Joe's off the hop because we put a high priority on training and knowledge and retention and, that's things good. like that. Um, but I think they also, <clears throat> I think that also goes back to that experience that you remember sitting in there cheersing and feeling like home. That's because we focus on all of those things. Right. And so it's cool that you can bring yourself back to being a guest in I know. a Joe's and remember what that feels like. I think that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I that's how I ended up at Joe's. That's oh, how it happened for us. My husband and I were regulars at the downtown location when we lived downtown in our early twenties. Yeah. And everybody was just always so nice to us there. And we were like, this place is awesome. Like we want to own a bar like this one day. <laughs> so that's what happened. It was uh, kind of crazy. <laughs> um, it was, meant, it was meant to be. <laughs> yeah. You know, about people make the world beautiful. I always like to talk a little bit about this in the podcast. Cause I think it's actually just such a secretly why I do it. Cause I love yeah. heartwarming stories. <laughs> So I'd like to see what kind of stories you have about people make the world beautiful or like see if maybe there was one you wanted to share today that comes to mind for you. 
Um, I think these experiences that we have either big or small are just, they're such an important piece of hospitality and why we do this and why our hearts are connected to it. So yeah, I was wondering if there was an, a story Edie has experienced today that uh, you might want to share with the listeners. Well, I mean, it was, I always think back to, there was a guy, um, when I lived in Squamish, there was a, a, a kid, like he was a younger guy that, um, I'm pretty sure he had like mental health issues, plus probably some drug issues, but, um, the community as a whole, like, um, I know more than a handful of people, including myself that would see him and he'd be begging at the save on foods there. Um, and he was pretty much a fixture, I guess, like for many, many years. So people would buy him sandwiches or coffee or hot chocolate or whatever, you know, um, not everything but cash. We, nobody would give him money, but um, not usually anyways. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because the other, probably about two months ago, I was thinking about him. And he had passed away like probably about five years ago, but he was a fairly big impact on the community. Like there was a write up about him in the paper and that he had passed away and that, you know, how many years, I mean, he was born and raised, I'm pretty sure in Squamish. I don't think he was a trans, like nobody, he didn't come into um, Squamish. He was born there, but he had fallen on hard times and he just couldn't get the help he needed. So, um, and nobody, you know, got together and said, oh, let's do this. I mean, it was just the goodness of people's, out of people's, you know, hearts that they would do these things for him. Um, so I guess that's probably the one that sticks with me the most, because that is from like, that's a long time ago, but um, it always has stuck in my head that people are good, no matter if you try and like group, you don't have to group people together to have a good cause. You can in- individually be a good person and do small things, but really they're not small. They're big because to whoever you're doing that for, it, it means a lot to them. So it mean a lot to them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think there's something in what you're saying too, about seeing people. And I often think about this with people who are less fortunate than I am. And, uh, when I was younger, like I, truth be told, like I couldn't really look somebody who was homeless in the eyes and see them, see myself in them. Right. And so that's something I've worked on in my life and it's life-changing <laughs> when you can do that. And then you, you know, like, you're like, you see yourself in this kid sitting outside the grocery store. You're like, well, I would want a sandwich. I would want food. I would want somebody to show some level of care. Right. And I I think that's actually pretty cool that the entire community did it too, you know, like he was a part of it. Well, and it's funny you said, look that, look the person in the eye, because when I had a hard, I have a hard time doing that still sometimes, but um, at that time I was really, you know, I was like, you know, you get, you're terrified. It's, it's scary. You know what, you know, you don't know what to expect. But when I looked into his eyes, I just, oh, my heart, it was horrible. Like, I just wish I had a magic wand to like 
poof, you know, make him better, you know, or help him in whatever way he needed to be helped, you know, um, which really pulls at my heartstrings because to me, mental health doesn't get enough, you know, even looking around here in town, it's like who, you know, besides the government mental health, what other part of this community has a good mental health like um, structure or for help, like for bipolar or something like that. So it's something that I think needs to be more addressed. I mean, now mental health is more spoken about than it used to be. It used to be shh, quiet, don't talk about it. But, um, and so, it, I mean, it's traveling in the right direction. So I guess now, you know, it just needs to keep building, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, I would agree, but I still think we have a long ways to go. And, oh, yeah. you know, same thing. Um, yeah, it's mental health. <laughs> it's like, this is so important. <laughs> we haven't even talked about yet this yet. It, it's, it's uh, very prevalent in our industry. Um, we have a lot of people, even on our teams, that's, that have mental health concerns, right, on the daily. And they can be smaller, they can be large. But I think the problem that comes with when we don't talk about mental health is that there's like this shame or yeah. stigma, or you start to feel like something's wrong with you. And really, you know, these, a lot of these issues with some support could be very, like very well supported in your life. Right. And so looking back to this poor kid, right. I mean, he's living in a time where probably there wasn't that, you know, that support or that awareness for him. And, and so those are like such heartbreaking stories. Yeah. Um, but I think you bringing this up is so important. And I think like, I always say when it comes up on this podcast that like, if you need help, if you need mental health support, it is there now, like you might have to look and you may have to connect with some people, but there is supports out there and there are avenues. Yeah. Um, and they're actually free avenues now, which is beautiful. So that is a good, I, yeah, yeah. We get access to a lot of it because of my husband's brain injury. And I'm starting to see like what's available and it's, it's pretty, pretty incredible in Edmonton, the people that are stepping up and doing things for free and community projects and different support groups and things like that. So, yeah. yeah. So I feel really blessed, but I still feel like there's a lot of people who aren't willing to talk about the issues that they're having. And then that's when the problems start to come. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You have to, I mean, like I, I, it's close to home for me for mental health. So um, and what's like, I, for me looking in to, um, the issue, um, it's like, for me, I'm always like, you know, wipe off, you know, wipe off the dirt, stand up, get going, you know, work. I mean, cause I've always been like, uh, you're no, no, there's no time for injury. There's no time for being sick get to work. This is what we do. Um, so for me, it's a, it's been a huge challenge to have to like step back and go, okay, wait a minute. There's more to this than, you know, you know, stand up, get going, you know, chop, chop, mm -hmm. um, taking a, a lot of, um, reflection because, I mean, I'm by no means like I have my own, like I've been through depression before I've been, you know, um, through ups and downs. Um, but nothing as serious as like, um, you know, bipolar. Um, so that was a whole new thing for me. Like what's bipolar? Like, can't you just like, 
you know, snap out of it. No, you can't. So, mm -hmm. um, so I'm like, okay, well, aren't there groups like here? I'm like trying to think of ways. I'm like, maybe I can start a, a group on Facebook to get people together to, you know, share stories or lean on each other. But then I'm like, I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> like, so, um, would my, would my daughter want to even do something like that? You know? So mm -hmm. she has part out. So um, yeah. yeah, for sure. And that's the thing, right? And that's where community beca does become so powerful, right? When you start to meet and connect with people and, you know, if that's something you're meant to do, Edie, I think that'll show up for you in some way and you'll figure it out. Um, yeah. maybe even putting it out on here, right. Yeah. <laughs> Just has somebody connect to you and say, Hey, like I, I have the same thing in my family and yeah, would love to just connect. Right. So you never know. That's the importance of talking about it for sure. Yeah. Uh, we talked about a lot of things. <laughs> Let me say, holy smokes. That was cool. I, I didn't know you were adopted. I think that that is so amazing. Um, and that story about your parents. Oh my God. I'm going to like, that's going to like fill my heart all day. <laughs> um, but as we start to wrap this up, um, are there some final thoughts you'd like to leave with the listeners of the podcast? Some things you'd like to say, wrap up the conversation. I just think that it's so important to be true to yourself and to follow like your the intuition for, for your life, like um, self-love, very important. Something I had never done till many years, like till many years later. Um, I was a super, super hard on myself. And I, I have, when I see younger girls that were like me, I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> Stop being like that. You know, I'm like, so I just think that going to the world with an open mind and, you know, just know you have to navigate through a lot of stuff and just try and be happy and share, share happiness. I love it. I think it's beautiful. And I think it's perfect. Thank you. And thank you for being my guest. This was super fun. I can't yeah. believe how much I learned about you. <laughs> that was the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> well, that's a wrap, everyone. Another week of discovering hospitality and one more amazing guest on to share their beautiful stories. Thank you so much to all of you, our listeners, for your continued support. The success of this podcast is totally because of all of you, and to that I owe my deepest gratitude. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend. And as always, don't forget to rate, leave a review, and subscribe to this podcast. I love hearing your feedback. And remember, the world is always made more beautiful by people like you. Don't ever forget it. Until next week, take care, everyone, and we'll see you then.